Okay, welcome to Real Talk, episode 127. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. Boop, 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 127, coming for you. It's a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's a podcast. For you. You guys did this by your support of these, these tunes he's created, so. But, <laughs> welcome. Uh, hey, what is Real Talk, you ask? Well, I'll let you know. It's an opportunity, a platform, a place where you can talk about life, God, the Bible, and everything in between. Everything. Somewhere in the description of this video and or podcast, you will see a link. www.theremnant.life slash real dash talk. Boom. Click the link. It's going to open up a page. Go down to the bottom to submit a question. Hit submit. It's going to give you a form fillable box. Tippity tap. tap. Tippity tapping. <laughs> typing cool. it in. Um, and it will go. You can give a topic or a question and go into our database completely anonymously couldn't find you if we tried that's right so what's the point of that well the point is listen we've realized that there are a lot of questions in christianity both for believers and those who are up in the air that they would love to have asked but who can they trust and where can they go to get those questions asked well mm. that's the place right here you found it um, so maybe you're uncomfortable asking those questions to your family or your friends or your pastor even face to face well this gives you the opportunity to do that we don't promise to have all the answers, but we promise you to take them seriously, take them um, and give you answers. If we don't know, we'll tell you. That's right. Bottom line. Um, but a lot of answers uh, we do know because it's it really is in the Bible. That's so right, man. Whether that's just questions about the Bible, about being Christians, about us, about life, what's going on. Yeah, that's it. So if you're a non-Christian, meaning, you know, you don't, meaning you don't believe in Jesus, I guess, as your Savior, uh, this is still a cool place for you to be because... Maybe, and our hope is it shows you that it's okay to ask questions, and two, uh, that we're just like you. The only difference is Jesus. We keep it real. We try. So, um, give a shout-out to the guy behind the camera, Fun Turn Clint. Fun Turn. He seems somewhat ominous today. Yeah. Ominous. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. Lurking. So, that's it. The last few weeks, we have been just diving into our questions and yeah, topics man. because of the pod squad just giving uh, us... It's what? It's the best name I got right now. It's the uh, best name. The Book Nook. The Book Nook. That sounds like I could it's be like, an app. It's like Face Facebook. Yeah. The corner where they hang out. Yeah, I love anyway, that. Anyway, um, you guys have been sending these awesome questions and topics, so we're excited. Yeah, man. But before we do that, we haven't been doing it as full episodes lately. However, people may like to know where you're at in your life. Mm-hmm. How are you? Kind of feel like I'm at a. I don't know. I don't know if I want to call it a turning point. It's you know like when, I don't know if you've ever had this in your life, but have you ever felt like you were kind of like in this place, you just kind of you know you're moving along, and I don't know if I'd call it a wall. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. Maybe it's just, I guess the reason why I want to call it a turning point is because I feel like, you know, I'm about to turn the corner, like I turn a corner in life, but I also feel like I've been there before and I don't know if it's going to happen or not. You ever f- kind of felt that way? Like, like you're getting close to a turning point in life? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I get that. Feeling. It's kind of like a realization of like, you know, that there's changes that need to be made. Uh, yeah, that can be terrifying. Sometimes. Yes. Like, like there's changes that need to be made. Because you've realized, you know, there there's problems in your life or like there's, there's issues. So I guess there's issues within me that I know that I need to change. Um, you know, for example, you know, I know that I, growing up, I didn't realize that 
because if you guys have listened before, you know that from where I grew up, like my parents were like very laid back with me. They were very, uh, they just kind of were like, hey man, like go be a kid. I was like, okay. Hey, so I was like, all right, I'll do that. Um, and they were just very laid back, probably to a point of like it wasn't good. And so I didn't really have a whole lot of good direction. Good in what sense? So people. Uh, like they just literally didn't care what I did. <laughs> um, and they didn't ever make me do anything. So I kind of had a, like, this really big lack of direction in my life for a long time. And what I've just recently realized is that has naturally turned me into a, I am a, uh, oh gosh, what's the word? Man. You, uh, are you talking about your rebellious thing? Yes, there, that's, that, that is the word. I am naturally a rebellious person and I never even realized it. So I'm kind of in this weird, like, that's why I guess it feels like a turning point. Cause it's like, okay, I've had this realization now. So I have two options. I either don't do anything about it or I do. And I think I'm kind of nervous that I have that self doubt me that says I'm not going to change anything, which is scary. I don't like that. Um, and I'm, and I guess I'm, I'm scared that I won't change and that's just going to continue to hurt people. Um, and I don't want that. That's, that's the last thing I want. You know what? Life is so messy, and we're going to hurt people no matter what. But if, if there's something I know I can change and I don't, like, that is so hateful. <laughs> so I'm scared that I'm not going to change it, but I want to. Does that make sense? You ever had, like, those moments in life where you know you need to change something, but you're scared you won't change oh, it? All the time, yeah. <laughs> so so I, for people that are listening that don't understand this term, being rebellious, what, what do you mean by that? How does, it, how does it show itself in your life in a way that you say, you know what, I need to change this? So, for example, I'm not good at, like, following directions. Uh, if somebody tells me, like, hey, you should do this, I don't do it. But it's weird because it's like I don't even realize that I'm being rebellious. So it's like, because if someone tells me something, I am listening, and I hear what they're telling me. But somehow, that just somehow goes in one ear and out the other, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, but that sounds like it's not rebellious. So is it, is it rebellious or not? Rebellious is, yeah, maybe you didn't realize it, but when you right. look back on it, you are doing it for a reason that is rebellious. Right. Because you're kind of, I guess, and I'm not saying you're wrong here. I'm just for the people listening. You got, you got to remember, we have to remember, because I forget too, that there are people listening that don't know us personally. That's fair. So when you, because if, if I just go by what you're describing, you're just describing a guy that doesn't necessarily like understand direction. So are mm. you saying that, yeah, you willfully at times, you didn't realize it, but you don't like to be told what to do. Yeah, and, it, and then how does it? Point. How does that show itself? Because I, excuse me, I believe you in the sense that you weren't just sitting around going, "These people are idiots. I'm not going to listen to them." <laughs> right. Or I don't have to be. You're not going. I'm not going to do what they tell me. So then, but what was the, the root of it? I think the root of it was. Or how I, did it show itself? I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to change what I was doing. Why in those moments? Um. I think I didn't want to change what I was doing because I didn't feel like I needed to. But what was the, uh, what made you confident that in that moment you didn't need to? Uh, like in those moments, what was the? I think there's there's a side of me that's like I know better. <laughs> so like, in your mind, when the person like tells I, you to do something, it's kind of like they don't really get it, and I do. Um, maybe like in situations, yes, and I think in, in times where like maybe not My so much. My back is killing me. If you're watching this, this is what's happening. <laughs> oh. 
I think I think in in certain situations that's how I am. Like I know better in that sense. And then I think there's also like when I say I know better, I think it's like I know me. Like I know myself better, so I know how to do this. Does that make sense? Which is still saying you know better than the person, right? Yes. I'm not trying to pick on you. What I'm trying to do is fill this out for people out there that don't know you personally. Yes. So why is that a problem then? That is a problem because when if I get when I get stuck in that that mindset, which is a lot, because like I said, I never realized I was doing this. Um, you tend to not change things, even if things aren't working, because you think like somehow it's going to be different despite doing the same thing, and then that hurts people because they're trying to help you. So people are trying to help me, and I'm not doing anything. I'm not listening to the direction, and then that comes off as me, you know, not caring about them or what they have to say. It makes me seem like I don't, I don't care about what I'm doing. So in in turn, that hurts people, mm. which sucks. I hate that. So uh, it also hurts you. Yes, and it's it's interesting because you're right. It does hurt me, and I think. Because I've I've also noticed that I can naturally be like a selfish person and like my feelings too, so I tr- I I guess one thing I'm trying to to work on is is looking at more of how people are gonna feel based on my action, not me. So like, hmm. I want to recognize that it's gonna hurt people way more than it's probably gonna hurt me, especially when they're putting in you know effort to be you know helpful. Or even maybe not even, or just loving me. They're just trying to love me, and I'm, it's like I'm just like going nah, <laughs> which is me. Like that's so like cold and mean, and like I don't know, man. I've never viewed myself that way, so it's hard for me to realize that. But it's like, dang, that's just part of the brokenness of us, of us all, and I never even noticed it. So why do you think you didn't notice it before? Um, I think I had the wrong definitions of these things. So like rebellion, for example, before all this realization, I always kind of thought like rebellion because I, I don't think I'm a very confident person. I don't, I lack self-confidence a lot of the time. So for me, a rebellious person had to be confident because they had to be confident in what they were rebelling against. They had to have like, well, you know, in order to rebel against this, I know that I can do this. So I'm like, well, since I know I don't have this answer over here, I can't be rebellious. That doesn't make any sense. So that was that was the that's kind of how I defined being rebellious. So um and since I I lacked in self-confidence, I never thought I was rebellious. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um I'm trying to think if there's any other other ones. As far as the whole like uh being selfish in my emotions, I think I've had glimpses of that in my life where I realized that, but I think I just kind of ignored it. Because I, I realized that a lot of the time I'm thinking about how I feel and not what I how how others feel by my actions. I've never been good at realizing that, even though I've always deemed myself a selfless person, which is interesting. So even like growing up, I always thought like, yeah, man, like my mom did a good job of instilling, you know, not don't be selfish, think of others, put others before you. But uh, I think those all became just sense like they they became senseless actions instead of seeing the heart behind why you're doing it. Yeah, well, and it doesn't mean that she didn't teach you that. Right. It just meant what were your motives in it. Exactly. And I think a lot of the time for most of my life, I think my my motives behind that were always selfish for making myself feel good about myself, Mm. giving me excuses to, you know, hey, well, I have value because I'm nice to these people instead of being like, actually, I care about them. It was never that. So it's kind of crazy, man. Really big eye opener. (laughs) 
Mm. So I and I think that's why it's so scary is because you know you don't realize how long you can go without realizing these things, even if people are telling you. It's kind of sad. <laughs> um, we all have those areas, man, blind spots. Yes. So what's really cool about being in community with each other and having close friends that you can have real talk with is to process those kinds of things. You know, if you're left on your own in life, you know, and again, there are, it's not common to have real relationships. And by real, I mean where you can even show what you're saying. Because it's, it's, it's weird. So when you have those opportunities... Um, Try it without it. It, uh, um, you know, people can speak into those areas with you, right? And I'm very, I don't know, man, I'm very blessed. I'm so, you know, I think God put me here with all you guys because you guys have been able to take me out of that matrix <laughs> over and over again, despite the frustrations, despite, you know. Thinking, oh, you know, I'm sure you guys have had doubts because, I mean, like I said, we're all broken people. You know, there's there can be, always be doubts of others' intentions and their heart. And, like, you know, you guys, despite probably having to battle that stuff, have always stuck it out with me and said, like, hey, like, we're going we're gonna to work with you. So it's really cool, man. And, you know, that's that's real love. That, that's true love. Well, you're not some kind of piece of garbage, dude, that we have to, like, <laughs> you put up with me. You're not, that's not the, the way it is. We all have those areas, and I think you are a very unselfish person. Oh, thank and, you. And, and, the, and the thing about it is, it's not. All, it's not always one or the other. You know, we we're constantly growing and trying to be more like Jesus. And yeah. the more we, the more we grow in that in sanctification, fancy word for becoming more holy like Him over time. Right, the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit changes. The more we become aware of things that that maybe aren't even noticeable to other people because that's you're getting better right so now there aren't as many glaring ones now we're gonna work on these areas mm-hmm. you know of your heart so i think it's cool man thank you and it shows humility to even admit that so. i appreciate that and that's another thing you just brought up that I, that's another thing i need to work on in life too is i'm a very <laughs> zero to 100 kind of person like i've had this talk with you a lot of times how it's either like it's either all in or nothing and there's i think for me it's hard for me to, to view the journey of mm. things and like it, you know there's an in-between i think it's hard for me to realize that and i don't know where that's rooted in i have no idea and i really need to try to figure that out because i have no idea why i my brain works that way um like you said it's always a pass or fail there's no like for me there's never like a in-between of like hey this is this is progress instead of pass or fail so i don't know that's just another thing you, you mentioned i was like that's another thing just I, that's one thing i do <laughs> Okay, so what's one good thing about you? Um, you're telling us is thing that stinks about you <laughs> in your own mind. Um, Though I do think it's real. I mean, I yeah. Something good about me is I do have a good heart. Like I think I do care about people. You know, I think a lot of my outward actions don't match my heart a lot of the time. Um, so I do know I have a good heart, and I I do have a heart for people, and I want people to succeed, and I want people to I want people to be, you know. I want people to be living as full as they can. Like, you know, if someone has a goal for something, dude, I want them to reach that. Or, you know, if somebody is, you know, if they want something, like I want to do my best to help them get there. Mm. And, you know, and what I'm learning is, is the more I am faithful in Jesus, man, the more that I'm, it is revealed to me that I'm capable of, of helping people in that, you know? Um, so that's one good thing about me. Um, and I have a good laugh. I've been told. There you go, man. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, thanks for asking questions, man. I hope that even helped yeah, me just clear some it. stuff up even now. 
Yeah. What, what about you? How are you doing, man? How's life? Uh, well, right at this in, in moment, I'm in agonizing pain. I yes. brought this up a few weeks ago. So it, it seems silly, but I mean, I'm squirming a lot, and people are going to see it on camera and wonder what's going on. So very briefly, man, a long time ago now, eight years ago, seven years ago, I had a really pretty traumatic back injury. So my nerve, it's called your sciatic nerve, if you didn't know, it runs from kind of your, your, your spine, right, your lower spine, all the way down your leg, your legs. And mine was a pretty severe bulge. So what happens is the stuff between your vertebrae, mm-hmm. it's like a spongy sort of uh, cushion. Yep. Well, when you have back issues or whatever, what happens when people say they, quote, throw their back out, what happens yep. is it's like a jelly-filled donut sort of. Except with the, and it, you squeeze it, and the stuff goes out the back, and then it can, like, touch this nerve. And so, for instance, and when it touches this nerve, depending on how much of it's hitting that nerve, it's, it, it's going to affect you more, right? So in my case right now, I'm telling you guys my back is bad, but I feel it in my hamstring. That's right. In my glute. That's crazy. I don't feel it in my back at all. Um, and, in fact, when, you, when it starts to do that, it's bad. And I used to, at the time, eight years ago, I couldn't even walk for, like, uh, three months and was pretty – didn't – pretty inactive for over seven so for a long time and then it took a couple years and cool miraculous story had you know i was supposed to get a series of three shots i was told i had to have surgery i didn't a lot of training i'm just filling people in in case they are listening for the first time yeah so it's really cool story that i'm able to do things i was told i would never be able to do it's a great story the problem is is as of late and i don't know why it could be stress because stress tightens back you know people hold that it's a real thing i'm almost i'm gonna say it i'm almost a what is it called here? I'm a novice expert on back and sciatic issues because I research so much and get talk to so many different doctors and yeah. physical therapists and chiropractors because I'm trying to like, I don't want to have surgery because once you have surgery on your back, man, it's, it's just proof. Same, like you just you tend to go, it happens over That's right. you know more and more. So all that to say, recently it's been you guys know it's been kicking up again. Yeah. Um, and we have been in a very intense, this is going to sound ridiculous. We've been doing a college football, a Division I college football summer conditioning program. And it's. Why? Excuse me. Why? Why not? Gives us a reason to uh, do it. We have a, a buddy of ours who wants to play in college football. So we kind of did it to also with him. Yeah. Train him. But, but for us too, man, it's been great. You've lost, what, 16 I've, pounds I've, or something? I've, I don't know. 15? 16, but it's, I've Where lost quite a bit. Yeah. You've, lo- you've lost, you had to have. I lost 11 and you were more than me at one That's point. That's fair, I guess. I guess it is probably close Probably 15. To yeah. And wow. I've lost, I don't know where I'm at now. I've lost anywhere between, depending on the 11 and like the same as him, 15, Crazy. somewhere in there. Just from running. Like we haven't really changed <laughs> much else. Yeah. Um, not just running, but all this conditioning. That being said, I think that's, you know, I'm also a bit of an extremist. I, I tend to think that my mind is the only thing that limits me in the sense of physically. So, like, I, like, 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 you guys know this. I don't really, so I haven't, I don't really take a day off because I've been not fully following their plan. I just incorporated their running into my already arduous weight program. That's right. So, I, you know, then we play basketball for, like, three hours on Sunday nights on top of that. So, we're, I'm, I'm thinking that's part of the problem um, but yeah maybe <laughs> uh, it really hurts man so like today today I get anxious about it too which you guys may pick up on because um, I forget man when I get this kind of pain if you've ever had nerve pain it's a different kind of pain because scary you that's why I keep squirming because you keep trying to find a spot that's comfortable yes and you know when you have like a pulled muscle or something you can find a spot where there's usually no pain right or if you have nerve pain you can't because that nerve is just it's just constant and there's always this fear if i'm honest 
if I let myself go there, that this is the time. Like, now I'm done. Like, I'm going to have to have, and I don't want to do that because yeah. I, I'm a very active person. That's right. So that just, I didn't realize how much that was kind of affecting me. Um, even makes me a little grumpy sometimes, I think, without even realizing it because I don't really complain about the pain a lot. Like, you guys know I'll say, like, oh, my back, but I don't every minute tell you when it hurts. Right. It has to get pretty bad for me to say something. So that's that stinks. Um, other than that, I'm pretty overwhelmed, man. A lot of stuff. Personal life, professional life. Um, the church that supports this show that we go to and we're yeah. active in and, and work for is going through a lot of changes. And they're exciting changes in the sense of we've got sort of the feeling is we're getting ready to take our next big step. That's right. Um, a lot of stuff going on here. You know, we're building a full softball field that's the beginning of we we hope to be an athletic complex really mm -hmm. where we offer free sports programs to kids and um stuff right and that's right man. that's so important for kids it really is um and helps yes. them a lot of kids get limited by the fact oh there's low income sports yeah but we're talking completely free that's right man a lot of lessons um, learned so we'll see that's one thing and a lot of other things so i think sometimes Clearly, that is a stressful thing, and I'm beginning to realize it's affecting me a little bit. So I'm trying to be intentional. I need to take some time off, which I haven't done ever. Yeah. Uh, and, and part of it is I like to work. So that's part of the problem. I like to be, you know, getting stuff done. Um, I don't really like to say I'm a workaholic, but maybe, maybe I am. Um, but I don't. I guess I always assume workaholics have this kind of like manic drive to do mm -hmm. it. And for me, it's just, I like to get stuff done. Right. And I don't have anything fun. Like I don't, which is a problem. I don't think I do anything fun. So it's like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. I don't really watch TV. You know this. I don't play games. Not that these things are bad. I used to. Yeah. Um, I, I like to play sports, but that doesn't really happen a lot. Um. Uh, and I don't really do anything except work out, and well, that's part of it. I like to spend time with people, probably have a good discussion. But anyway, just some of the stuff going on. I'm very blessed, very thankful, um, getting to reflect on a lot of the cool things God has done in my life and done at this church, man. It's miraculous. It really miraculous is. Miraculous stuff. That's that. All right, let's get these questions. That took a All long right, time, man. man. Yeah, you I shared know. a lot today. Yeah. I didn't it's realize. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I think you're up first. All Sorry. right, so first question of the day. What's the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees who would ask Jesus to do something to prove he was who he says he is? And then us, before we are saved, asking Jesus to show us the exact same thing. Um, well, there's some assumptions here, but if I take your question right at face value, which is, hey, I, I, it sounds like you're speaking for yourself, but there are probably others who have done this. Like, there is nothing different. You know, it's the same arrogant pride. It says, prove to me, I demand you show me. Yep. The problem, the thing you got to remember is Jesus did show them. Yes. He did He did miracles. They saw it, and then they claimed to not believe it. Or they would say, you Look know, at the devil. He, he was a threat to their, their man-made authority. They didn't like that. And there's an arrogance that says, I will bow to you. I will acknowledge you as Lord and Savior when you show me the way I want you to show me. And there's a really interesting verse, um, as I'll talk about as I'm looking it up, but essentially Jesus says to them, 
Um, you wouldn't even believe if someone was raised from the dead. <laughs> Dude. Oh, man, I know we've, we've talked about this before. This is so, I love this. And it is so, it gives me chills because of just the foreshadowing and just the, oh, gosh, it's so cool. And I want, I want you guys to know something. Um, the reality is we're still like that today. So when we do that, mm-hmm. um, we are being arrogant and prideful and being unwilling to, you know, demanding that. Think about that. I, I will believe in you. Because it's the Pharisees and Sadducees heard of what he was doing. Yeah. If they would have listened, they would know he was speaking authority. He was he was giving signs, but there were all it was never enough. Because it, it's not about the signs. Mm. It's about the heart, the pride. So whoever asked this question, I appreciate you asking, but there's an implication here that every single Christian does that. I didn't ask God at the time to show himself to me. When I was presented with the gospel and understanding who Jesus is, I responded to him. Um, and that's that's what we are called to do. So this is kind of deep. It, it wouldn't have mattered what he did. They wouldn't have believed because they didn't want to believe. It just made them blame him again. Well, we would have believed if you would have just showed me what I wanted to see. That's right. But that's not, that clearly wasn't the heart. Jeez, man. Um, so... You know, that, that's kind of the way to answer that. Um, so actually, I was a little bit off, but he, it's, it is Jesus when he's giving parables to the people and the Pharisees, Sadducees were in that crowd. And he talks about the rich man and Lazarus and essentially gives this parable of this guy who dies, this rich man and this poor man. The rich man dies and essentially, for, for those, it simplifies it, but it's best to say it this way. He's kind of in hell, okay, for, yeah. for your understanding of that. And the other guy is not, he's in, and he sees him somehow. And he says to him, please, Lazarus, poor guy, please go tell my family to change their life, right, to follow God, because I don't want them to end up here. And, um, and actually, he, he called off to Abraham because he saw Abraham with Lazarus. And he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on us. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this flame. Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things, just as Lazarus received bad, but now he's comforted here while you're in agony. Besides all this, there's a great chasm that has been fixed between us and you so that those who want to pass over here cannot, neither can those from there, you know, vice versa, cross over. And then he said, Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house because I have five brothers to warn them so they also won't come in this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. But he told them, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. And, and Jesus gave this parable because at the end of the day, they don't want to believe. Does that make sense? No, they don't. You're exactly So you're want. trying, I mean, you're just making excuses for the fact that you don't want to acknowledge the truth, yep. which is pride. So great That's question. Good, man. Uh, Todd. Oh, yeah, it's me. That's my name. I'm supposed to read the question. If a Christian claims the name but doesn't even serve in the church and has been there for over a year, are they really saved? Um, you know, this is kind of James talks about this, um, about works, uh, in the faith. And, um, if someone has been in a church in a year and they don't serve, it doesn't mean that they're not saved, but it could mean that they're immature in that area of their faith. Now, I will say this, that, if you are a true believer, good works will come out of your faith because that's what good faith is. Um, but good works does not produce your faith. It doesn't produce your salvation. Exactly. Like you were, yeah. So 
you know, if someone is in church for a year and, and isn't serving, you know, I would question their maturity. Um, now, if it goes on longer and you see no fruits in their life, um, then yes, I mean, I think there is a possibility that they cannot be saved. Um, and it's funny, man, I think, and this is this, I think this is the Holy Spirit, but I think that the Holy Spirit will help you decide those things. Like, if you are obedient, there's just, I don't know about you, man, but there's just always this sort of like supernatural discernment or even just like you can recognize when someone is, is either just like immature in an area or there's a possibility they're not a believer. Like you Sometimes. Can, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you can get fooled for sure. The Bible tells us that. But yeah. yeah. Um, listen, this is the thing, and it, you answered it correctly, but I want to make this clear, and we get this all the time, man. Like, listen... You've got to stop. We have got to stop as a church, as Christians, with judging someone's salvation, tying someone's salvation to their good works, like the ones that we find easy. So, yeah. for instance, and I'm not picking on you great quick, but let's say this is me, and I'm like, well, I believe every Christian should serve in the church, which they should, but let's say I'm naturally good at that. <clears throat> Bob isn't. So, oh my gosh, Bob may not even be a Christian. He doesn't do what I do easily. Ooh. Whereas Bob might look at me and say, man, is a person who doesn't give 10% of their income really saved? Because he gives 12. Right. You know, at the end of the day, salvation is only through get grace by faith, mm. right, in Jesus Christ, meaning Amen. our belief in him. However, you said this, you know, our, our spiritual maturity can show in, in that how obedient we are yes, to absolutely. what God says. And there is the truth that you brought up in James that, you know, if there's no fruit in certain areas, it doesn't matter what you call yourself. We say it around here a lot. Listen, apple trees grow apples. Christians bear good fruit. They do Amen. good deeds. That's just how it is. So the apples being on the tree don't make it an apple tree. I could glue apples to a crab apple tree or a <laughs> pear tree, and it doesn't make it an apple tree. Nope. The fact that it is a... Apple tree is what makes an apple tree an apple tree. And growing apples is just proof of that. Amen. So. That's good. Nice. All right. Moving on. I think it's yep. you. Next <laughs> question. I was reading my Bible and came across 1 Corinthians seven fourteen, which talked about if you're married and your spouse isn't a believer, them being married to you makes them holy. What does that mean? I know it doesn't make them saved because they have to do that themselves, but I was confused by it. <clears throat> pulling it up so that we can actually reference it. Um, so yeah. essentially in this chapter, they are, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul is teaching the church in Corinth about marriage. It goes through a bunch of different things about how marriage should look between, in a, between Christians. Um, and then he talks about married people, you shouldn't get divorced. And then he says, <clears throat> if any brother, starts in verse has an unbelieving wife and she's willing to live with him, he must not leave her. Also, if any woman has an unbelieving husband and he is willing to live with her, she must not leave her husband. For the unbelieving husband is set apart for God by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is set apart for God by the husband. Otherwise, your children will be corrupt, but they are now set apart for God. But if the unbeliever leaves, let him leave. Blah, 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 brothers, sisters. Um, <clears throat> bottom line, maybe a good way to give you an example would be this. You are the only holiness in that person's life. Mm. You are the only light in that person's life. You are, in that moment, 
the best opportunity for them to come and know Jesus Christ because of the way you live your life. So when he says that, he's saying it more as like, hey, you're the, you're the only light they have. Like, you know, and you shouldn't leave because he's trying to appeal to them. Like, even if they're a jerk and all that stuff, you're showing them through your faithfulness, God. It's so good. Does that make sense? Yep. That's a simplified way to put it. Does that make sense, Fun Turn? Sometimes I don't know if that would make sense to people that don't know me. Yeah, dude, I think that's a good that's a good example. Because, um, like, I think that's a, even, like, what you said about, like, you're the only form of holiness that, they, that they're seeing. Mm-hmm. So... What does it show about God? Exactly. Know? What does it show about God? And so I like that even in that section it talks about, like, you not leaving, you know, w- whether it's one way or the other. Um, so, and now they mentioned 714 specifically, so I was wondering what 14 says. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the Christian husband. Otherwise, your children will be unclean. Now they're holy. Yeah. That definitely, I think you're right, because that's... It's the same thing. He's, right. They're essentially, he's trying, sometimes we have to remember, he's trying to teach things in a ways that we understand. So, hey, imagine if you weren't in that relationship, what would happen to that kid? Mm. You are set apart, sanctified. Your child has, gets to see what holiness is, right? Without your, without, um, I believe, well, think about it. Two, what are the odds? Very, it, there is statistically, it's, it's... We don't know the stats, but if you have two unbelieving parents, the odds are their kids are not going to be Christians, correct? Oh, absolutely. That's most of the time, at least the time. as kids, yeah. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Sometimes I think we overcomplicate it because we think there's a deeper meaning. Mm. Um, but it can be confusing in the sense of, like it says, sanctified. You just got to remember, Paul's a person who's talking to real people. Yeah. You know, it's not always a riddle. And I think sometimes we tend to think that, <laughs> that the Bible's a riddle. What is this riddle you put in front of me? And I don't say that to mock whoever asks this question. It's a great question, but that's just some advice is, you know, there's not always hidden meaning. In fact, I don't think there very rarely is to a Christian because you have the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we learn different things and, um, you know, in our study and our willingness. It's not saying you're going to under, understand everything, but mm. it's more to encourage you. It's good, man. You know? I like that. And it won't contradict the rest of the Bible. Since we know that a person doesn't make another person holy... You know, what else could that mean? I like that because, and I actually, I like the fact that he does use the word sanctified because sanctified doesn't mean that you are making them holy. It's You're making them more like Jesus. By Set apart, yeah, exactly. It's really good. And they don't see that anywhere else. So, mm-hmm. um, I think you are up good, sir. Um, I guess a topic, it's this topic, I, the idea of unity versus true unity. The idea of unity versus true unity. Um, interesting. So, so yeah, I guess maybe they're saying like a lot of people will settle for this false sense of unity. Like, say it's uh, oh man, there was a term that was just in my head and it's gone. Um, when you were like, um, you're a part of a group of people by one person, like, but you don't know anybody else. You know what I'm talking about? No. Like when you are <laughs> included by proxy or something oh, like yeah. that. Is that what it's called? Is that the? I don't know if that's the exact terminology. What people? I don't. Use. You gotta talk, man. I don't know until you keep talking. Um, <laughs> it's it's like the idea of like you feel like you are involved with people even though you're not because you're friends with one person out of like yeah. ten. Yeah, makes sense. Yes. So I guess maybe that's what they mean by like. I think it was more of. A, I think the more interesting thing is what you said before. Like, okay, this false sense of unity. So let me give you an example. The three of us 
are mad at each other. Okay. We have an issue. Maybe the issue is over. Let's make it something silly in this case. The right way to film this show or record this show. Mm -hmm. And we eventually just say, well, Christians are supposed to be unified. So we look at each other, smile, and go, it's fine. But we don't actually deal with it in our hearts. Mm. So just because on the surface it shows we're unified, are we actually unified? That's really good, man. And I think true unity, I think the idea of unity is as long as on the outside it it seems like we, we get along, then we're unified. Versus true unity is, hey, acknowledging there's times that we're going to disagree. There's going to be times we even argue. Maybe we'll never fully agree, but we're unified in the direction we're going. Right? I like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, I, and I think in the church today, it's a great it's a great topic for the church today because, yeah. you know, it's the idea of if you never talk about anything hard, are you actually unified or are you just, um, you haven't been made uncomfortable yet? And so the first moment you're made uncomfortable, you're going to, you're going to fall apart. Yes, which I think happens, right? Yes. A lot of times. I've never. That's so interesting, because I, I guess I've never thought about the idea of like there, you can wear a mask of unity. Sure. Interesting. Sure. I mean, isn't that what it is when we talk about the the idea of the great masquerade we've talked about before? I mean, we all wear the same thing. We look like we're smiling. We're all happy to be here. We agree, but the truth is. We just aren't talking about the things, the real things. So interesting. People are, I think a lot of people think that's an area of the Bible that Christians ignore. And in re, it's just so silly. I was going to say in rages, it doesn't. So that's a, it just, it's silly. So for instance, there's two verses. If your brother sins against him, go to him. If your brother has something against you, go to him. Uh, speak truth and love. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. These are things that God is constantly telling us we need to do so that we are unified because we are warned over and over about divisions. Do not be divided. Um, you know, don't let people come in your your to your church and sow division. All those kinds of things. So, mm. uh, you know, I'm, when I when I look at this from the church perspective, which is my assumption, because unity doesn't really exist in the world. I mean, people don't. You know, even people that agree, maybe they're unified on a political party. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they're going to be unified in other things. That's, Whereas Christians, yep. we should be fully unified at the end of the day because. We are told a specific way. We follow the same God, mm-hmm. the only God. You know? Unity is kind of a big part of our faith. Like it should be, exactly. but I don't yes. think it, I don't think it is. And, and part of that comes from we live in this world where denominations, our identity in the denomination sometimes, or even non. This you know, let's fit you into camps. You're in this camp that yeah, we all nominally, meaning in name, worship Jesus, but. Let's make sure, oh, that's a Baptist, a Methodist, that's non-denominational. And we are not to identify ourselves. You know, Paul says there is no Roman or Jew, Gentile or Jew, male, man or woman in the sense of like our number one identity is a Christ, is a Christian, a Christ follower. Yes. That's so cool, man. And by the way, that just because we're in a gender world, that doesn't mean gender doesn't matter. Just like it just means that superior over all of that. Is our identity, and here's the thing: even our country, mm. you know, I love this country, but my allegiance is first and foremost to Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, and I pray that it never. And, and you know, it's cool that God tells us to obey the laws of the land and to not, unless it contradicts, you know, mm. His word. But I don't really ramble good, there. But no, that's good. And, and I think it's cool that you you kind of put those together as far as like. You know the world not having true sense of unity, but the church is supposed to have this this full on unity. And I think that honestly makes sense, even like scripturally, because 
you know, how else would, you know, the world know our, our love for one another without unity? I think it's huge for us. So that's cool, man. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I'm up, aren't I? Uh, no. Well, I mean, y- yes. I just, yes. Okay. Sorry, on my list, I agree. Had uh, a different. Next question. In the beginning of Mark 5, it talks about the man with many spirits in him. I read multiple versions where it says the man said his name was Legion. I heard before it was the spirit in him that responded to Jesus saying his name was Legion. So I'm confused. Is it the man or the spirit inside the man answering? Also in Mark 5, it says the evil spirits went into the pigs and they drowned in the lake. Did the evil spirits die from drowning as well? Okay, so this is an easy one. Who is in control of the man? Legion. Yeah, so based on, you know, Mark chapter 5, I'll try to pull this up real quick. Because, okay. again, I want people to be able to know I'm not just making stuff up. So the Gospel of Mark chapter 5, I know the story. It's an interesting, kind of terrifying story. It is terrifying. Um, it's, one, it's one of those ones where, like, you can look at it, and when you read it, it can almost feel like, like, it's just, like, so real. <laughs> like, I think a lot of the time we can see these crazy stories. Like, people think of, like, you know, like, split in the sea. But then this one, this one is just so like, because people can go like, oh, split in the sea, that's so far-fetched, you know, it's just a story when it's real. But in this instance, this is just such a, like a real tangible thing that happens in the Bible that is terrifying. Oh, let's see, what in the world? It's like Mark, confused uh, here, sorry, this thing, uh, all right, weird. Pulled <laughs> up, the, I typed in a section here on my phone, that's why I don't like using phone Bibles, man. I always like using my, but that takes me longer. Really quickly, I'll try to read this. John, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 5, verse uh, 1. They came to the other side of the sea. They came to this region. As soon as he, Jesus, got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit, that means demon, all right, demonic, came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs. No one was able to restrain him anymore, even with chains, because he had, he had, he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had snapped off the chains and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And always, night and day, he was crying out among the tombs and in the mountains and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and knelt before him and he cried out with a loud voice, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you before God, don't torment me. For he had told him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name, he asked him. My name is Legion, he answered, because we are many. And he kept begging him not to send them out of the region. Now there was a herd of pigs was there feeding on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send, to the, send us to the pigs so that we may enter them. And he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And a herd of about 2,000 rushed down the bank into the sea and drowned. The men who were tending, tending them ran off and reported it to the town and the countryside, and the people went to see what had happened. They came to Jesus, saw the man who had been demon-possessed, and they were afraid. The eyewitness described what had happened, and they begged him to leave the region. As he was getting to the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed kept begging him to be with him, but he would not let him. Instead, he said, go back to your home, people, and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how much mercy. So he went out and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, Decapolis, how, which means ten city area, mm-hmm. uh, how much Jesus had done for him, and they were all amazed. Long story, but in, I needed you to know. Oh, my gosh, you're in so much pain. Just, just telling you guys right now, it is bad. We are, we are in a situation right now. <clears throat> um, <laughs> what a weird thing. So, <clears throat> it's an easy question. I think you're overthinking it. Um, the demon was in possession of the man. So when that's the right. man spoke, it was the demon speaking. That's right, yeah. It's, um, and that's it. That's the answer to that. Uh, the other part was which, which part? 
It asked about the pigs or something? Yeah, it says also in Mark 5, it says the evil spirits went into the pigs and they drowned in the lake. Did the evil spirits die from drowning as well? No. Um, no, you can't. You're not going to kill a demon by drowning it. Mm -hmm. uh, God will destroy those um, at the end. When Jesus returns, excuse me, to judge everyone and throws them into, into destruction. Um, so the pigs died, and then the demons would have just went out. Right. So some people would say, why would he do that? Why would he, quote, have mercy on them? That's a better question, right? Why mm. he says have mercy on us, why would he do that? Um, <clears throat> that is interesting. Um, so a couple things to think about the pigs. Why did he do that? I think there's a couple of reasons. One is pigs were an unclean animal back then. Now, that can get confusing. You want to know... Uh, there are scientific reasons behind it. We did, they didn't have the sanitation we have now and the ways to make things. You know, certain meats do tend to be more dangerous than others. And right. God had told his people, don't eat these kinds of meats at different times. So good Jewish people were not to eat pork at all. Well, per usual, the Jewish people at this time, during this, this period, had begun to, very similar to us, right? So these, were, these Jewish people, or these people, whoever these were, were tending a herd of unclean animals. Yeah. And so I think it's a pretty powerful symbol, right? God says, what did I tell you, right, about this? Um, and also, let's look at the overall picture. One, he did it to save the man, to cast the demon out. But that's I right. think there was a bigger picture, because that still doesn't answer the question of why into the pigs, right? Well, let's say you mean, us three are herding we're hurting the thing of pigs here, and we see this all happen. What are we going to, well, what do we think about this Jesus guy? Oh, he's, you guys are overthinking it. Is he just a regular guy? No, I mean, he's, okay, he's special. So then, that, yes. Then, yeah, that, that alone, it's more a testimony of who he is. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's the, the real heart behind this is God saved this man, <clears throat> did so in such a way, not for the demons, but also, by the way, the demons then no longer had anywhere at that moment to go. Like, they weren't in pigs. What would a bunch, what would a herd of demon-possessed pigs done? Who knows? So, so, number one goal, let's save this man, heal him, cast him, uh, not to help the demons, but to make a, a, uh, a powerful statement. Hmm. I am God, what have I told you? And also, remember, it led to people hearing more. That's right. That's right, he told them to go and yeah. tell them all. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So I don't know if that helps. That's a good note. It's a good breakdown. All right, uh, it's me, right? Yes, sir. Um. <sighs> I, if I, if I <clears throat> I'm going to tell you where we're at right now. Okay. If we answer this question, we know what's going to happen to this video. Uh, okay. I don't, I'm not afraid to answer the question, but uh, we're trying to think of another avenue to answer questions like this. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to change the question slightly. Okay. Do you think in this country lately that, speaking of unity, do you think that the natural way things are going in regards to politically, medically, okay. um, do you think that there there is division being sown in our country? Absolutely. Yeah. And what what is the effect that you think it's having on culture? 
Uh, I think it is. <laughs> I think it is affecting us. If any, yeah. Negatively, for one, definitely. Um, what is it doing? Uh, I think it's pitting us against each other. Yeah, I completely you know, agree. I think it's. I think it is putting the natural progression of humanity at a disadvantage because it is pulling us apart rather than bringing us together. Yeah, absolutely. And it's making things that aren't actually that... When you look at humanity, so let's say there was a natural, a, a, a worldwide disaster coming. Okay. Do you think that humanity, let's just, or just, let's say just coming to this country, let's not even say the world right now. Okay. Do you think that we would all be arguing about personal decisions that would be art like to the point where there's violence in the streets do you think that would be the most important thing to us no it'd be we're all humans that's right i think that we are trying to create camps based on things that's ridiculous to make camps on yeah within humanity and it's causing a lot of discord and i think any sort of outward symbol that labels a person a part of a certain camp is dangerous. So, i.e., let me give you an example. In During the Holocaust, during World War II, I don't know if yeah. you guys know, the Jewish people were forced to wear yellow stars. That's right. At first, it's just to mark them as Jews. Well, what happened when the soldiers, the SS, rather, came to... Like, what? It made it very easy to round them up. It, it made it very easy to create an enemy mm -hmm. within the people, which then distracted them from what was kind of going on overall. That's right. Right, with personal rights and stuff. This yes. makes sense what I'm saying? Yes. And I think that we need to be very careful and leery of, of that. So, you know, let's make it something else. What if we labeled every person who went to church had to wear a certain colored wristband? Okay. Do you think, while, let's say, hey, um, what's kind of happening, right? You Christians believe in hate, right? So they need to wear a certain color band. Mm. Now you're walking around. Now we've already, we've already connected Christianity with hate. Now you are wearing the hate band. <laughs> what happens to you? Uh, I mean, you're a target now. Yeah. Are you also, people might, what's to stop a business owner that doesn't believe in hate or doesn't even want to be associated with it. Because remember, now it's not even about Christianity. Now it's about hate. That's right. Now I'm going to say, well, you're not grocery shopping here. It makes it very easy to outwardly cause division and to give people a scapegoat for their frustrations and their anxiety. Ooh, if we really just good. get rid of the hate people, everything will be okay. That's right. Now, substitute anything you want. Any, all those of you, those of you listening, okay? I'm not going to say it plainly, but not because I'm necessarily afraid to. I'm not afraid to. It's because I want you guys to be able to hear this. Mm -hmm. I think we need to be leery of anything like that. Absolutely. Because that's not, one, what this country's based on. And it's also not, um, I, I think that it strips people of their humanity and makes them become a symbol of something instead of remembering that's a human being. And what will you do to something that's not a human being? What are you willing to do to it? Well, it's not human. It's right. It's, yep. it's hateful. It's this. So, yep. got to be very leery of that, guys. God has, um, cre you know, created us to be 
free. That's right. That's really good, man. I don't have anything else to add to that. I think you put it very well. Yeah, I didn't mean to take that question. No, but it's that, very, it was hard to ask that question. Yes, I, I don't have. I didn't even know who to have ask it for us. <laughs> no, I think it's good. So those, whoever asked this question about is that Madi? Did you look that up? This guy, remember that? He's like a sports guy. You told me. Oh yeah, uh, he he is a uh, he runs like a Christian organization. I believe that he does like it's, he kind of does a little bit of everything. It's like yeah. there's journaling. Uh, he does and like speaks at events. So essentially, this they the person who referenced this story is talking about having a method of easily identifying certain groups of people, and how that's even affecting sports, and how doing so is not actually unifying us, um, but is trying to divide us. And, that's right. You know that that people aren't seeing that, and I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I think definitely, but of course they're not because they're not humans now, right? Remember, it's not about in my scenario. It's not about the. It's not christian that's wearing this that's a hate so someone that's wearing a certain let's say wristband Mm -hmm. um oh no it's not about what they are it's about the fact that they don't care about everyone else they're killing my grandmother you know what i mean here guys Yeah, man it's guys i'm being a little again i hope you hear me i'm not afraid to say this stuff plainly but i think we have to be aware of the platforms that we're using Yes. Um, and trying to make sure that we can have these discussions without it being, um, without the platforms making it more difficult for for us to have these discussions. Yeah, man. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm being very careful. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, overall, I would agree with you, person asked that question. That's our way to answer your question in a way that you actually get to hear it because we have noticed that sometimes it seems there seems to be a correlation between what we talk about. And how mm-hmm. many views we get. That's and true. That's, and how many people we reach, which I think is pretty wild. It is wild. So, yes, we need to be leery of that. Well done. And I would do the same thing if someone were out there trying to say all homosexuals should wear a certain colored shirt. I was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, that's that's nope. ridiculous. Shouldn't have to happen. Nope. Um, I'll ask you one now because you've had to. Okay. Um, hey, if you forgive someone, is there still hurt or can there still be hurt? Um, if you forgive someone, there can definitely still be hurt. I mean, you know, forget true forgiveness is not feeling that anymore. True forgiveness is when you take what this person has done to hurt you and you no longer hold it against them. That's really good. So when you think about it, you know, the feeling that you, the hurt that you're feeling is you can't, you can't change that. Like if you feel hurt, you feel hurt. That's, Uh that's, you can't, there's nothing you can do about that. What you can do, though, is you can take whatever this person has done to hurt you and say, you know what, I'm not going to treat them differently because of this. And I think that that is the key difference. So, yes, you can still be hurt, and that doesn't even mean you have to be as close to them as you were or you don't have to enter into their life as much as maybe you were or whatever this situation could be. Um, the The love can look different, but forgiveness is no longer holding whatever hurt that you're feeling against them so it doesn't it doesn't cause you to think of them differently or it doesn't cause you to maybe it doesn't cause you to to treat them a certain way um yeah i think i think that's what i have for that i can't think of anything else yeah man i really like the way that you said that um yeah it's going to be difficult see that's that's the beautiful thing about it you said you know god isn't telling you not sometimes there are really there are people out there with very beautiful hearts 
who are saying, I must be failing at forgiving because I'm still hurt and I'm still sad. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. God cares about your broken heart. That's God right. cares about your hurt. Forgiveness is is allowing and letting that go. Especially, here's the other thing. When someone repents to you, hmm. you know, we are to forgive. That's right. Um, and so sometimes that gets a little confusing. But also, you know, forgive. This is as far as someone outside. Um, but, you know, being a believer, we're called to. But forgiveness just means letting go of the right to demand the penalty that they owe you. You know, it's letting go of, the, of I'm going to get you back. Um, it's being willing to say, I still want you, I want good things for you. I want God to reveal himself to you, you know. That's why it's so powerful yeah. when Jesus says, like, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're wrong, by the way. Um, when... You, you still feel sad. You're not a poor Christian. In fact, no. what a beautiful thing you're doing to choose to forgive every day. It's a right. choice, right? You forgive despite. Yes. And that's that's yes. powerful, dude. I love that. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, pretty powerful. Let's see. Next one I have, it says, Can you guys discuss 1 John 5, 7 to 8? I guess this is the only place in the Bible where I see it discussing the spirit, water, and blood. What does this mean? Okay. I know a lot, a, lot, a lot of verses today, a lot of That's scripture. That's cool. Um, I'm just trying to pull it up. You want yes. to pull that up? Uh, sure. Yep. First John 5, 7, and 8. Let me try to get that up real quick. Um, yeah, so, fun turn. Do you have any thoughts while he's looking that up about any of this? No. I'm going to try to go to the U version real quick. The, the whole idea of forgiveness, I think, is taken to a, a, weird, a weird level. Trying to get close to the mic, forgetting that yeah. if you go far You're away, good. it'll run away. <laughs> um, yeah, it will. <laughs> no, the whole idea of forgiveness, I think everybody in Christianity, including myself for a long time, I struggled with the idea that it has to be completely resolved. It has to be this. I can't feel anything towards the situation or anything like that. Well, that's not always the case. You may still feel upset about it. You may still feel like that, but there is there is forgiveness comes where you go, you learn to what, but I forgive him or her for what happened. At the end of the day, it's over. It's done like this. You may still feel things from time to time because that may yeah. have caused a wound on you. And when somebody bugs that wound, that may hurt a little bit. But at the same time, forgiveness is letting it go and giving it to God at that point and going, okay, I, I can be healed now. Because when you're holding on to that thing and you're waiting for the, op- the most opportune time where you won't feel anything anymore, it'll just be done and over. And some people can do that. Not all people can do that. And when you're waiting for that moment, that time where you're like, okay, I'm going to just... Wait for the, the perfect opportunity. You're still sitting in that, and it's going to become bitterness, and it's going to become hate at some point, and that's not okay. And especially that wound is still bleeding, and you're not you're not allowing anybody to help speak into that or ha- help fix the problem or right. let it scab over. Yeah, there's or no healing. Like that. There, there's nothing there. You're you're you keep the problem alive by feeding it because you're not wanting to deal with the situation because you're either waiting for the perfect moment or xyz that's good i like that okay um so i have i have first john five uh seven and eight here it says six two because i think oh sure yep so we'll start at six this is he who came by water and blood jesus christ not by the water and only but by the water and the blood and the spirit is the one who testifies because the spirit is the truth 
For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm reading it. It's a great question mm-hmm. and, a, and a weird little part. Um, so I'm reading it again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they're just asking, what does this mean? Well, reading it again, making sure the whole context, because you guys know I, I like to know. Yes, context is important. So, bottom line, there's a lot of lot of debate about this section, okay? It shouldn't be anything crazy. Here's the best response I can give you. What did Jesus refer to um, that he offered, let's say, the woman at the well? Living water. Yeah, eternal life, right? And that was, remember, the living water he said he'd offer is eternal life. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> I think one of the answers that it could be saying here, which is pretty interesting, and I'll give a couple of the others too. Um, Bottom line, simplest answer, the water and the blood in general is referring to that, listen, he is both God and man. That's good. That he was both. He was not one or the other. He was fully human and fully, it is is uh, an allusion to that fact. He's reminding them, hey, he's not just a good teacher. Uh, he's not just this spirit, because they there were people back then that were believing Jesus kind of came down as this kind of ghostly man and didn't really die on the cross either. Like, and he was saying, "No, you got to understand, he was both." What does it actually mean? Uh, I think one of the most intriguing ones to me, or how does it mean that? We know that's what it means based on the context of the rest of the, the yeah. verse, the section. But water refers to living water. Blood refers to his blood. When he died on the cross, he died both a physical and spiritual death for us. That's right. And that's what he's alluding to. Mm. But overall, you can take it from this. It just means he is God and man. Makes sense? Yes, that makes sense. Okay. And does it really? Yes. I mean, I could go deeper into it, but that's a great question. I like when people are, like, really thinking through stuff. Yeah, man. Honestly, that's... I've read uh, through First John a couple times, and I don't think I've really caught that, so... You want to jump down to verse uh, 517? You still have it pulled up? You uh, put it down, didn't you? Here it is. Oh, perfect. Go down to 17, because this is my question to you. You may not know. I don't okay. even know what it says. What does 1 John 5, 17, does all sin lead to death? Uh, so 1 John 5, 17 says, all wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. So um, I think what they're saying, I think, I guess, contextually, I, I think they're saying that all wrongdoing is sin. But there's there is sin that does not lead to death. I think when they're when they're saying this, I w- I, th- I want to. S- this is my, again, this is just in, like because I don't know for sure. Sure, but that, that's why we have real talk. Man. Exactly, we're this is out. exactly what the show's for. I think that they're saying that there is actually sin that you commit that does not kill you. <laughs> that that is kind of how I view it. Yeah. Um, because if you look up in like 16, it's talking about if anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There's sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing it, and that's when it goes into it. Yeah, man. Um, so we, did you read that context to everyone real quick? Uh, go ahead and maybe read through like 16 through 17 real quick. Okay. This is uh, Apostle John. Just so you guys understand, if this bores you, sorry, I think this stuff's pretty interesting. It These is are cool. good questions. So starting at 1 John 5, 16. Going into 17. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death, there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. 
all wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. So I guess I, th- I feel like my, my opinion here stays the same. I think it's almost like they're saying if the sin that someone is doing is not physically killing them, you know, you should, you should ask God to give them life, like to, to forget, like to, to, I guess, ask that. Ah, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. Oh, I got to read it again. This is, this is interesting. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life. Okay, so yes, it's like saying, asking God to put over their hearts to ask for forgiveness, because that's not a sin that is literally killing them. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Because he says, there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty... Uh... It's pretty scary. Um, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also one. I, I could see there being a deeper meaning in this as well. I could see that. Because <laughs> I feel like John John must have been an interesting writer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just reading because I want to give a real answer here. Yes. Yeah, so that that's my initial thought, even though I will say it definitely, to me, seems like there could be a deeper meaning that I'm just not catching here. Because um, even, like, I guess going up even into, like, 14, and let's see, where is 15? And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. <sighs> so I guess I want to kind of go to the top here. Okay, so I guess, at least in the ESV version, this entire section is called That You May Know. That's what this whole entire section is called. Huh. And I guess, I wish I could try to take time to read the entire thing real quick, but I also don't want this to just be silence. <laughs> well, you're not asking me anything, so I didn't know. I thought you were still talking. Um, so I was just trying to, like kind of waiting reading the verse yeah so. so i guess for me i don't really i feel like there could be a deeper meaning yeah so here's something terrifying back then we know this in acts and corinthians um there were times that god literally killed people for their sin physically killed them let like believers so there appears to be an allusion to that a christian this is terrifying uh, may persist in continual willful disobedient sin and their life would be taken their physical life, not their salvation. Right. Um, so that's that seems to be the the implication here, is that um, that he's he's implying that when they still like. That's one interpretation. Um, the other thought for me that I've always had is, is that's still a reference to what's the one thing that leads to complete death, you know? Rejection of Christ. Yeah. So, you know, we that's the one thing that can't be forgiven. So when he says his brother, I, you know, maybe that's what it's referring to, is like you say a person who says he's your brother, if, it's, if he's not denying Christ, pray for him that he may be given life again, may be restored, but if it's that one... Because not every sin leads to losing, you know, leads, proves that someone's not a believer. But hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does so, make sense. So, it's the thing, man. We got to start going through these questions because 
some of these are getting you guys are getting good and these are not like two second questions this stuff yeah. needs to be pulled up we need to be ready so we need to be that's for us like as this show grows we've clearly got to have this stuff ready to roll because it's not as simple as yes or no anymore it's they're asking good theological questions yeah that's a that was awesome i so even learning um, now, that's crazy. The, I'm not, you know, I hope you guys saw what happens when people are thinking through stuff. Um, that's what it can look like, and that's okay. And some of the some of the stuff we interpret throughout Scripture, with, through the whole context of the Bible, and it's not something that's like changes everything, right? Uh, about our faith, to your understanding, our understanding of this. So. Hmm. Um, that was really good, man. Well done. I think that I... Yeah, that's that's my thought on it off the top of my head because I literally just read this in this moment. I mean, I've read it before, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great question. Love the questions this week. Keep bringing them. Keep bringing these theological questions. Don't be afraid. And we promise when we get them now, we're going to have those queued up and ready to roll. Oh, yeah. I think that's about it, man. Do you have any... Let me see if there's any others. Did you ask? I asked you, right? Uh, the last question? Yeah. Uh, I think I it was for me. It was yeah. for me. Um, you asked that one, you said? Okay. And I asked that one. I'm good with ending there. Are you? Yep, I'm good with that. Cool. Got anything else to say? Uh, well, first off, just cool questions, guys. Really cool stuff. Uh, like I said, you know, you guys, when you guys ask these questions, I'm also learning stuff, which is so cool. Um, so thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, if you are watching from Facebook, if you want to go ahead and like this video, share and comment on it, that would be great. Uh, the more you do that, the more it's going to reach others who need to look at it and hear it and listen to it. Um, if you're watching from YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button Ding. with a little notification bell. Ding. And uh, you'll get a notification every time we post something, and you can be one of the first people to watch it. If you're watching from Rumble, go ahead and give us a Rumble. Um, if this is short enough to put on IGTV, hope you guys give the IGTV video a like. Um, I don't know why I did this, but yeah. Hey, let's go. So other than that, I love you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your life to support this and listen to this. And I just hope you guys can take something from it, especially this episode's good stuff, really good scriptural questions that were asked today. So I uh, love you guys, and now uh, just keep pursuing Jesus. Amen. You got anything, Funter? He says he's good. So, yeah, listen, the bottom line is, guys, I, wanna, I, wanna, I do want to clarify the answer one more time. I believe, you know, if someone claims to be a believer this is the 517 i want to make it very clear yeah and they're not denying the fundamental tenets of our faith right christ and there are people out there that do that right we just talked about this a few weeks ago that there is a guy has a church out that says for instance that um you know all roads lead to god and he just kind of uses jesus i just heard this other day jesus is the christ buddha is the christ you are the christ someone like that that is going to lead to death. They're not showing themselves to even be a believer. They're not, right? Right. So that's that's pretty scary. Versus someone who's going, who's sinning and doing things, pray that that is not denying the one thing you can't deny. So in a weird way, I'm, as I think through it, it's almost like, hey, John, saying you can't save someone that's not saved. God's not going to force someone to accept Christ, and just because they claim to be a brother. If their life is showing something else, right, versus if AJ is, uh, I don't know, drunk all the time, right? pray that God would intervene in his life. That makes sense? Yeah. Whereas sense. a person who just claims it that it, maybe he doesn't um, believe Jesus. He says, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe Jesus is the only way to life. Well, God, 
God's not, he, that person would clearly not even have the Holy Spirit, right? So God's not going to be able to, quote, bring life to that person. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's very, dude. I know I hate to do this at the very end of the show, but it's important that we clarify that. Yeah, I think it's good. That, that makes sense. All right. Other than that, appreciate you guys so much. Thanks, AJ. Great job, man. Absolutely, man. You too. Fun turn. Love you as usual, dude. Giving thoughts. Um, yeah, I love that guy. Appreciate all the hard work. We thank you guys so much for joining us every single week. Keep letting us know what you think of the show. If you have ideas, uh, shoot questions. You can even give us suggestions about the show or things that you like using the link, www.theremnant.live slash real-talk. Uh, you know, you want to hear more of this. You love the – I know some of the feedback we've gotten is they really like the, rap, the question format, that we're getting yes. a lot of questions done. Um, if you want to, you know, you love to see other things, let us know. We're always looking to um, – to change and to get better and to make sure that this show benefits you. We want it to benefit you in your life. That's and right. Whatever, in your faith and whatever, um, you know, we need to do to do that for the most part. You know, we're <laughs> willing to add to the show or take away or whatever. Other than that, if you have not given us a review, please do give us a review. You already say that? No, actually, I did not. Give us a review on whatever podcast format that you're listening to, especially if it's five-star. If it's not, you know, just don't. I'm just kidding, but we'd appreciate it. The more reviews we get, the more we pop up. For That's right. See? And he said, if you haven't liked, shared the video, please do so. Yes, please. All right. Other than that, we hope you guys have a great... I can't talk anymore. Hope you guys have a great day, and God bless you.